On this podcast, our teen hosts discuss real life with real people. We hope to inspire others by sharing stories of individuals and pairs of friends who have dealt with mental health challenges or just the ups and downs of life and discussing what brought them healing and inner peace. In these episodes, we also talk about the role that friendship and connection plays in a person's emotional well-being. Subscribe to this podcast to be a part of our Friends on Air family. Friends on Air! Welcome to episode six of Friends on Air. Hi everyone, my name is Ava and I'm a senior at Franklin Regional in Murraysville. I'll be one of your hosts for today. Hi, I'm Bracha, and I'm one of your hosts for today. I'm in 11th grade. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm the wellness coordinator here at the Friendship Circle. I have a background in psychology and counseling, and um, I will be coming to the podcast with that perspective. I'm Ayla Rosenthal. I'm the teen member engagement and partnerships coordinator, which basically means I get to participate in things like this, hang out, do some of our wellness initiatives. Um, I get to work with our two teen hosts who are here today. I actually get to work with everybody in this room, which is very fun. Um, and I'm so excited to listen and learn from today's <laughs> conversation. So today we have a very special guest, one of our own Friendship Circle staff. Woo! <laughs> um, we all, we're all so excited to get to know more about you and learn from you. And welcome. Becca. Thanks, okay. guys. Yeah. Very excited this to be like here. A talk show. And welcome back. I should have had to like dance on. She's God, cute. I would have too. Come on. You're too like yes, taking all the compliments. <laughs> uh, have you met me? <laughs> okay, Becca. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? Okay, cool. So hey, everyone. Thanks again for having me. Super stoked to be here. Um, so at Friendship Circle, I am the teen engagement coordinator, as you both know, and I know you both know. That means that I get to hang out with um, a lot of awesome teens as well. We program heavily. Um, engagement, uh, the engagement aspect means not only recruiting new members, hopefully in the community, um, but also keeping our teens engaged, which can be challenging sometimes, but very much worth it. I absolutely love what I do. I love working here. I've been here for about a year. Um, it's awesome. And then my background is in, let's see, I have a couple of degrees in sociology and psychology and educa- educational studies. And then my graduate degree is in higher education administration. Um, so naturally after, uh, never mind. I was going to say, um, so naturally, uh, studying higher ed and education, I went to bartending right after. <laughs> Um, but it's led me here it was a person focused job that um it's led me here i did i got to connect with a lot of cool people meet a lot of cool people doing that um and then i was not born in pittsburgh but i grew up in squirrel hill about two blocks away from friendship circle so very familiar with Squirrel Hill. I grew up two blocks away. Well, I know what you Yes. Are. My parents still live there, and they watch my dog every day, right oh, before I come into work. That's so awesome. It's awesome. Goodness, shout awesome. out to your dog, too. Yeah. Also a shout out King. Follow at King in the Berg. King in the Berg. King, that's... What a King with the... Thank you so much. He did have the name when I rescued him, but I will take full credit for it. The fact that you, like, got that Instagram name is really Oh, King in the Berg. Yeah, I know, right? I wanted to do King 
of the Berg or like uh, King in the Strip at first. But then I thought King of the Berg would, or like King in the Berg would sound cooler. Yeah. So, yeah, it does sound and cool. he was all around Pittsburgh. So, yeah. I'm engaged. I mean, that's part of your job. That was a good name. Yeah, Sam, I'm also engaged. <laughs> okay. I just thought that now. Okay. So we have our fun, right, speed round. Oh, wait, before that, we have So, Becca, in one sentence, what are you here to talk about? Mental, I would say mental health and well-being, but in a more or less broad sense, mental illness, specifically ADHD. So, yeah, which I will admit I've never really talked about ever, especially in my adult life. So you should all feel really special. We're very honored. <laughs> very honored. We're excited. This is debut. It, it really is. So, yeah. No, but honestly, like, we really recognize that it's like a vulnerable thing to do. And thank you. Because we're excited. Let's see how I feel after. <laughs> no, and I know that, like, ADHD is something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and so I think it'll be, like, very helpful. But if you have also. ADHD, you can still relate to it. Right. Definitely. To, like, some of the symptoms and stuff. Yeah. So definitely. I think it'll be really valuable. Okay. So we, get, we always do a fun little speed question. So we pick a question from the jar or a cup. <laughs> so... Um, Today's question. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was about to say, what are you most afraid of? That is not a fun question. Make sure you don't like talk loud. What was the question again? Okay, so we always do like a fun little speed question. So I'm going to pick one from the jar. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you travel? Okay, love it. Love that. Um, oh my god, that's a that's a great question. I love it. Um. Okay, so I've actually been really lucky to have traveled a lot in my life. I actually lived in Italy for a little bit. Wow. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I actually taught ESL, ESL to high schoolers over in Italy, which was just incredible. But then um, on the weekends, I could literally pick a country or pick a city in Europe to just kind of backpack into and travel to. So I did a lot of traveling um, kind of by myself, which was incredible. Um, I think if I had to choose, I've never been to Greece. Mm, I would really? love to go. I know. I would love to go to Greece. Um, or maybe like Norway. Yeah. Yeah, I've never yeah. been up there. My brother lived in Denmark for a little bit. Oh. I did not get the invite to go <laughs> visit him. <laughs> My parents did. Um, which I heard was amazing. He was in Copenhagen. So, wow. so I would say maybe like Norway or um Denmark, maybe Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Greece. Wow. <laughs> Somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I love that question though. I love. I do love traveling. It's like my favorite thing. So if you look at my Instagram, it's all travel pics. Yeah. We can all answer. Should I go? Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't traveled much, so anywhere would be cool. But I recently, I just wanted to go to Hawaii. Just so random. It's literally in this country, but I don't know. But really, anywhere. That I'll take sense. Europe. I'll yeah, take South Hawaii. America. I'll take anywhere. Like I'd go to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take anything. I love that. I'll even go back to Israel. Yeah, that's also good. Yeah, same. I just don't want to go to Germany. I actually went. We had a stop. We had a stopover. I like Germany. Scary. I actually really like Germany. We Mm -hmm. had to like. We had to like take a bus through the streets, and I was 11 years old, and I just remember being really scared. Right. Because you just have like bad impressions. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I get that. If I could travel anywhere, I'd probably go to Italy. Yeah. And I'm going to Italy over the summer. Oh, going. So My sister's going to Italy next week. Oh, I can't wait. Italy, are you? 
we're taking the train through Italy. Nice. So multiple that places. So exciting. Which is what my parents did, That's like so after they got married, and we're so doing awesome. it again for my graduation. Awesome. And when you're with your stoked. family, yes. you should be so fun. You have to send us photos and videos. Oh, like, I spam will. us. Post yeah. spam yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. I might yeah. respond all angrily because I'm jealous, but no. <laughs> No, that's, that's really so, cool. That is so that's cool. Every part, the thing too about these countries, you know, like I love where we live, love Pittsburgh, but you know, you travel 15 minutes out and you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. The thing about Italy is even if you are in rural Italy or just driving through, it's all gorgeous. Yeah. You know? I believe it. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Me too. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Speak any Italian? No, but I'm it. trying to learn Italian. I downloaded Duolingo to learn Italian. Oh my God, that's impressive. Thank that's you. I'm Spanish. not far though. I do speak Spanish. Then you'll be good. It's really the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's really the same. Just a little different of the accent and just do this a lot. Right. The <laughs> gestures. The gestures. That's really funny. That's awesome, Ava. That's really cool. What's your answer, Ali? Um, I think, well, first of all, I've been on your Instagram. I guess anywhere that Becca's been, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Australia would be really cool. Ooh. Yeah. I love animals. There's so many animals. Haven't you yeah. been to Australia? I haven't. No. You've been like everywhere else, though. Yeah. I've been some places, but um, I would, okay, so recently my Instagram for you page, thanks to my sister, has been full of northern lights. Mm. I would just, I've seen these guys, I wish I could like shout them out, they like chase, their whole job is literally like chasing the northern lights, and their videos are incredible, just like I like cry watching them, hearing their reactions. They're like crying in their videos, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so I think that I would like. I think Norway. You can see Northern you can. Like, Ireland, like Iceland, even, right. which was really. My close. friend was in Iceland for a year. So cool. Like, actually, yeah, that I would be someone who's there now for a year. That would be on the top of my Iceland list. should be on everyone's top of the list because yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, it is nowhere there. like I've been before. I really? literally thought I was on another planet. You've been yeah. to Iceland. Yeah. Well, I, also, have you not I, like, I love the like Irish old. accent for some reason. <laughs> so. I do too. Very hard to understand. I listen to subtitles, <laughs> but I do love it too. It's, I love it. So I, I really want gorgeous. Go I love a good accent. But um, I just remember driving through like what looks like heaps and heaps of like, like, I, like ice and like salt dunes it was ab- that's so why i literally felt like i was on the moon oh, it was wow. insane like me and well, so my friend took like a city bus through it was crazy the hotel was like nowhere close to the city it's just like one reykjavik it's a really small city it it was insane incredible that's so incredible cool. yeah. yeah you should I all also, go like i think i mean i've actually been to areas in africa but i want to go to other areas and see i like Love seeing the wildlife there, like in their habitat. It was life changing. Aren't we going to the yeah. Pittsburgh Zoo in a couple weeks? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> not the same. That is not no, I know. The same. Yeah. No, I was. Th- telling that's Allie actually that. sad. They're not in the wrong. I podcast. know. Yeah. You know, I was actually telling Allie right before this. I saw your invite for the zoo. I said I haven't gone to the zoo since I came back from Africa. Yeah, it's been so. I love the like. Whatever. I have mixed feelings. The point is, when I got back from Africa, I was just like, I can never go to a zoo again. Yeah. I do think that a lot of like. We're kind of in a position where, like, the zoos, this is so irrelevant. We're moving off from this conversation. I was about to say that. <laughs> the zoos are, like, in a position where they can't let the animals back in the wild. Right. And yeah. Pittsburgh is a rehab it facility, is, exactly. which is always nice. But yeah. but anyway, um, so I would go somewhere where there's animals similar to your answer. I want to get married in Alaska. Oh, that's where I went for my honeymoon. Really? That's, cool. yeah. that's wow. so cool. That's cool. It's great. Why do you guys, like, go to cool places? All I've been is, like, Israel, which is cool, but, like, yeah. I was 11. I don't remember. It's not that long ago. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Okay. Actually, I do. I'm officially Maybe saying we move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So today's on today's podcast, we are going to be discussing a topic that is very relevant to many young people in today's day. And um, so we're going to be talking about ADHD. And um, so, Becca, we know that this is an area that is personal to you and you're very passionate about. Um, what's your initial like thoughts on the subject? Oof. Um, hmm. Okay, so I'll say one thing that I, I I realized yesterday when I was talking to Isla about this, and I was saying I'm a little nervous, and it's just not. And I mentioned this earlier; it's not something that I've ever really discussed in my adult life. I've never really, I don't know. It's I just I, it's not something that I really discuss. Um, that it's a little scary to talk about, but it shouldn't be. There shouldn't be any stigma involved around it, and yet. I've created my own stigma. Um, yeah, not just you, like the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Very true. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, but yeah, th- that there's a stigma and there shouldn't be. Doesn't this say shatter the stigma? Does it? Or the other one no, does. The other one does. The other one does, but yeah. Exactly. So that's, I guess, my initial reactions and, and thoughts, I guess, when I hear about ADHD, at least in this context, if that makes sense. So, Becca, lead us through your journey, okay? Mm -hmm. So, when did ADHD begin to impact you, and at what point did you seek help or support? Those are great questions. So, um, I think I was in first or second grade, and my teacher, I went to folk school, loved it, loved my first and second grade teacher. I had a really good relationship with her, which I think is probably important, um, in this scenario. And she also had a really good relationship with my parents. Um, she, I think pointed out to my parents, she said, I don't know how the conversation went, but I, um, I know she brought it to their attention. Um, and they were very receptive immediately. Um, my dad is actually, he's a professor. He's actually dabbled in the field of doing research on mental illness. So it's nothing new for him. Um, I, think I was put on medication immediately. I remember taking medication in second grade and learning how to do it. And my mom had to teach me with Tic Tacs, the orange Tic Tacs, how to swallow a pill. Wow. I know. So um, it was hard at that age too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, immediately, which um, I'm really, really thankful for. I know there's controversy around medication to each its own. For me, I'm so happy that my parents put me on medication immediately. I mean, it helped. I noticed a difference um in a lot of ways and I can talk about them or I don't know if you have questions for that like later for me I can get into that um like let me know if I'm like talking too much or answering other questions You're that you have yeah. um I can go into the little detail about how it helped I mean the fidgeting was like a big thing for me when I was growing up I think that was really what set off my teacher not set her off but you know made her think oh maybe this kid has ADHD um the hyperactivity it helped with it helped with that significantly um, but also just like focus in general. Um, it's really hard to focus sometimes without medication, even as an adult, but especially as a child, right? When you're growing up, you're, I mean, it's school is hard enough, right? Yeah. For kids. I mean, it's great. I loved it, but it can be hard to focus. Did um, you notice like that you were, you had ADHD like when you were a child or was it just like you were used to it? Um, I don't think I ever noticed it. Like I, but also, yeah, exactly. But like, as I got older and understood it more, of course I was like, Oh, I sure do have, have ADHD, you know, like it was never like, do I have it? Was I misdiagnosed? You know? Um, and another thing that I should probably point out is that my parents never put a stigma on it at all. You know? Yeah. I, I, 
have a great family. Um, a lot of my cousins have ADHD. Like everyone was very open about it, open about it. But it was very early on when this all happened. And I'm really thankful that my teacher felt comfortable enough to go to my parents. Um, and I'm thankful that my parents were receptive. Yeah. I was also lucky in that regard because not, not everyone's parents are, not all the teachers are. And, you know, so yeah. really early on. And those orange Tic Tacs. And I was going to say, and I, I don't know if this is the same experience for everybody, but working um, in an outpatient therapy center, you know, earlier in my career with adults and then working as like a BSC with kids, I personally saw like a lot more um, like male identifying children who were diagnosed like around three, four years old than I did, you know, female. That's mm-hmm. Typically people came in to see me when they were 17, 18, 20s, yeah. 30s. Um so I'm just like, I'm thinking how good it is that, you know, you recognize this or your teacher mm-hmm. early on and that you had such support. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And um, it was back in like 2000, like when yeah. this all happened, like when you guys were born, probably. <laughs> Actually, you're probably at, born after 2000, weren't you? Yeah. Oh Cut that out, God. please. Oh, my God. Oh, born, my God. I was born in 2001. Oh, my God. This was in like year 2000, I think, yeah. when I was like five or six, right? <laughs> um, but I know I've heard that, too. Like, I've heard a lot of people, especially boys, being diagnosed when they're younger and then maybe their parents or their teachers or someone in their life says, oh, no, they just have a lot of energy or like, you know, and they don't, nothing happens. Um, Like I even had a friend growing up, my parents actually went to his parents and said, oh, I think that your son, we were family friends, he might have ADHD and they were not at all receptive to it until he got to high school. And it was him going to them being like, I'm really struggling with focus, schoolwork, so many things, right? And then he was medicated and it changed his life. But so some parents aren't receptive, which is okay, right? Um, I mean, it's like not really if it's going to harm a child in ways. So I definitely have opinions on this as well. Um, and I'm just going to say, like, I'm really glad that my parents were receptive to it because I know not I knew not everyone is. Um, and I'm really glad I was on medication growing up for sure. I needed it to have gotten through school. I needed it. School is hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we probably will get more into it. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how does your mental health and this diagnosis in particular affect your daily life? It's a great question, too. So I think for me, and obviously ADHD and mental illness and anything really manifests in people differently, right? It's based on the individual. For me personally, um, I struggled with anger issues a lot growing up. Um, not like getting violent like, with anyone, never, but um, I remember when I was really young, I think I was just frustrated with schoolwork or something. Like again, and we can get into this later or now or whatever. School was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it was hard for me to understand things and grasp things sometimes. Um, and it would always take me longer to finish things. Always, 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 which I will definitely talk about in a little bit or a little later, because that was a really sensitive topic for me. But um, oh, um, that, was, that was a good answer. Oh, and like, I really like yeah. that you hit on, you know, the the anger outburst. I think oh, that's right. like, I think that's really important, though, because a lot of people, um, I don't know how to put it exactly, but they only want to see the stereotypical or things that make sense. Um, they don't want to look into the fact that impulsivity relates mm-hmm. to anger outbursts, you know, things like that, or that there's yeah. like a downside that people don't see all the time. Right. Um, and maybe they don't want to handle that part of the struggles. So to say that. Totally. Um, is like one of my symptoms, you know, that's exactly what we're here for. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. It, um, but I, I, I remember what I was saying too. You yeah. reminded me, but, um, and you're so right. And you're like really hitting the nail on the head and it's like really resonating me, with me. 
But like, I remember I was probably in like fourth grade and I was just so frustrated with something and I didn't know how to properly release my anger back then as a child or just as like an individual. I just didn't have those outlets maybe or those like tactics. And I remember ripping a page out of a library book and immediately regretting it, right? Immediately being like, oh my God, why did I do that? Um, And my mom made me write an apology note to the librarian and go and return it. And like, I think we probably paid for a new book or something, but um, just something like that, you know? And so interesting. What a good example too. It's hard to explain, but the anger issues were really a problem growing up. They're not so much a problem in my adult life. I also have healthier outlets, obviously for them. Like I know go play the piano if you're feeling stressed. And that was like my outlet in high school, playing the piano just like for hours. Yeah. Like learning how to do the crossover, the Lady Gaga paparazzi crossover. I taught myself that. And that was just like my stress reliever, right? Now it's like hugging my dog or, you know, like. You should get a piano for your apartment. Yeah. Eh. Do you still like playing piano? Yeah, totally. Um, I just don't do it often because I don't have one. But Yeah. yeah, it was, that was for me huge. Like in high school when I realized that, but. It was a big problem. Anger was a really, it's like, it was hard. It's hard for, to describe if you don't maybe have an anger issue or you don't know someone with it, but it's like, oh God, it's horrible. It just yeah. bubbles up inside, inside yeah. of you. Yeah, I get it. And you literally feel like you're going to explode. And then when you do explode, you're ripping out a piece of paper from a library book. It's like when you, you explode, get you get like punished or yes. whatever for it. Yeah, yes. Never. Always felt horrible after. Yeah. As soon as I like released the anger, I always felt horrible. Because it's not how you'd normally act. Exactly. And like, I'm really happy that you're pointing that out and you're realizing that because you're actually kind of pointing things out to me too. And I'm realizing things too, which was nice to hear because I felt really bad growing up as a child. Like I would yell at my parents sometimes and or my brother, you know, who was just breathing, you know, but if he was in my way and I was just really upset or annoyed, you know, but I will say in my adult life, it's not, you know, again, healthy outlets. And this um, is also reminding me of a conversation I was having with Rafa earlier or different day. Um, along these lines, also something Ava was saying here is like these, when it comes to all mental health challenges, especially in children, it's easy to feel like this is your fault and that you're bad for mm-hmm. like having these, these feelings, whatever it connects to something else. Um, <laughs> or that you feel like whatever, that it's all on you and the way that you're reacting in the world and the way mm-hmm. that you're showing up to others is like, you know, a reflection of who you are. And I think what we try to destigmatize is that this is like, this is an illness and to a certain extent, like, and that doesn't mean that people need to be um, ashamed of that at all. Um, But at the end of the day, like it is the ADHD kicking in inside of you that made you tear that book. Yeah. I don't think it's a reflection of your character. If it was a physical illness and somebody, or like, uh, let's say somebody has a broken leg, Mm -hmm. And they trip over some somebody um, and that person gets hurt. Obviously, the person should say sorry, but it's not like the fault of the per like, right. you know, they There's have that mistake. physical, um, they had right. that physical um, need or, or disability and therefore fell like it's not really that person's it doesn't reflect on that person's character. And I yeah. think it's the same way with mental health. Like even if you if you struggle with depression and you show up somewhere where you're supposed to be happy, maybe, but you're feeling sad, or you show up to a friend's house knowing that person needs to be cheered up, but you yourself are feeling sad. Like, that's not a reflection of you mm-hmm. being a bad friend. That's not a reflection of you being a bad person. Like, our mental health takes a toll. And I think it's important for all of us to recognize that within each other, like coming with like a non-judgment perspective of like, maybe Becca's 
like feeling triggered today or feeling angry and like the way that she's reflecting that to other people is not really her fault um I don't know just Mm -hmm. came to mind I think it's important to recognize that it's not like you as a child that wasn't you know what I'm saying yeah you're a good person I don't think it no it totally resonates with me because I remember apologizing all the time to my family and just feeling awful and Again, luckily, my parents would educate themselves on this and be able to tell me, like, Rebecca, yes, they called me my full name. They still do. They're the only ones that do. But they would sit me down and be like, Rebecca, like, that's true. He he does. (laughs) My nine-year-old cousin always calls me my full name, too. But um, just telling me, like, this is ADHD. It is part of your ADHD. And, again, like, to go back to what I think you were saying, it's not a really well-known you know, mm-hmm. part of ADHD and like not everyone has anger issues yeah. with ADHD. I just happened to get a lot of them, especially when I was a child. Yeah. And- I guess I'm just like imagining myself in that situation. And I could imagine feeling terrible and feeling yeah. like so responsible, yeah. but really it's not, it's, it's really not your fault. Yeah. You're like a child with a chemical imbalance or whatever it is. And like, yeah. it's so funny you said that work because my yeah. mom would explain that to me so much growing up yeah. and it helped, but it, it's hard as a child to fully understand. Yeah. Even when you're in high school, I think, Maybe until, I mean, even... It's like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah, yeah like, it's hard. It's hard yeah. when you're growing up. It's, it's still hard, even, you know, but... You know, for adults. Yeah, um, totally. You know, before we learned about our specific mental illnesses or diagnoses, and we didn't have that information, obviously, or we weren't treated for whatever was going on, you can carry a lot of guilt within yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I kind of like to think of it, like, once you figure out what that is and you start actively working on it, like... From there on out, like, you know, you're, you're taking control of that situation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is the best. I kind of told myself this. I don't know if it's the best analogy, but I said there's a difference between, like, excuses. Like, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and you kind of, in some ways, you have to let go of that guilt and that past from where you were before because you didn't have the right information. You didn't have the right support. Yeah. Um, you were coming from a different place than where you are now. Yeah. So I think there is some amount of responsibility, though, and I don't yeah. It's right. tough because I like I don't want to um, say say the wrong thing or have people um, misinterpret this if they're like struggling. But once you know you're having that support in therapy and you're right. growing and you're learning, um, I absolutely do think, like you said, there's other coping skills. There's things right. we learn. And we we just we manage better. But to hold on to um, you know the past when we didn't have those skills is not helpful. Right. Agreed. So, True. Like once you get to a certain age, yeah, it shouldn't. There isn't necessarily the this free pass forever like once you have the tools and you have the people in your life that can support you mm-hmm. like t- there is a certain amount of like accountability or responsibility to take right yeah right just so, to yourself honestly because you deserve to like live a meaningful and fulfilling life right and it's not fun after a while like it's good to know the reason it's not fun to make excuses for yourself either because right I mean, hopefully you want to live right. the best and healthiest life yeah. possible with whatever's going on exactly. absolutely recently um So I will say that in my adult life, I would say after college, I think it was probably like around maybe my second year of grad school um, where I started myself to like take control of my own medication as in like choosing if I wanted to be on medication. Also because (laughs) medication is challenging, right? To find the right one and one that works Mm -hmm. with you, it's challenging. And what worked for me when I was five or like 10 or 15 stopped working for me necessarily as an adult. Um, and the medication that I was on and dabbled in actually was not working for me, like as an adult at all. It actually like really changed my moods. Yeah, it would be like miserable. There's also like certain medication that suppresses your appetite, which isn't great. <laughs> um, 
but so like right now I haven't, I haven't actually in my adult, like in the last year, I haven't been on medication and I'll say that like, yeah, sometimes my focus, like I realize here, I realize that I maybe talk a little too much in the office and I'm really trying to work on that just cause impulsivity, um, energy. Well, thank you so much for saying that. But that's something that I think about I mean, every, I love it. you know, like I think <laughs> about that and I think it's because I have ADHD. Like I go home and I'm like, oh, did I, was I right. too distracting in the office? But also sometimes right. I realize that. is probably another symptom of it. Yeah. It could be. I think it probably is, right? Like my whole life, you know, but um, I will say like I've it's noticed like in my adult life, I know that I can't concentrate very well. It's off. In um loud settings, right? So like in grad school and even in college, I knew like my boundaries. Like if someone was like, Do you want to study together? I'd be like, I want to, but no. Because right. we won't get anything <laughs> exactly. done. Right. So like that was a boundary that I had to recognize because in high school. I want to, but no. I it's just true. It's so true, right? Like so I mean, I I've learned. Learned. Just, like, I'll just send them that. What? <laughs> like if I really want to study, I'll I need to do it by myself. Exactly. Or like here, I know that if I really need to hunker down and like concentrate for a couple of hours and like send out really important emails or like mm-hmm. I will take myself out of the cubes and come down here and work by myself. Or blast music in your ears. I don't mean right. to blast music. I just listen to my music really loud. You need to and I realize that. that other people can also hear my music. <laughs> you need to check that so out. So I try. <laughs> I do. Am I your drums? Um <laughs> But yeah, no, there are mecha- like coping skills and ways that in my adult life, I realize like what, what I need to do and what I need to do for me. Um, but I wouldn't say it really affects me in my adult life like it did when I was growing up. Although I do have one example. Um, I realized through therapy kind of, um, I was in a about two year relationship for a little bit um, with my ex. It was during quarantine and COVID. So, and that for me personally was not good for my mental health. Like I'm very extroverted. I like to talk to people. I like to meet people. Um, it just like, wasn't the best situation for me. And I became like a different human. And I would say that my like certain ADHD symptoms, semi my anger issues started coming, like coming out again. And just Did you have your piano during quarantine. What? Do you have a piano during quarantine? I didn't No, oh. I, I didn't go see my parents school. at all. Um, I like did not want to do that. They were older. My mom was recovering from breast cancer. I was terrified I would get her sick. I was working in a school at the time, like half remote, half in person. Were able to like see them like six feet mask? I didn't even do that. I did not even do that. It was hard. It was really hard. I didn't have my dog at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard, you know, but, um, how much can change in two years? Seriously. I actually, it was actually so bad that I remember waking up every day and just, I didn't realize how bad it was for me. Yeah. I didn't realize until like I feel maybe like everyone didn't realize in the moment. Like I remember before Literally. quarantine telling myself, right? Like I felt awful. Awful. Like, I was I depressed remember. during quarantine yeah. and I I hadn't been depressed in my life before. So same. That was the first time experiencing it. And then when it finally started to get better, I don't know if I could say that it's over yet, right. but I could feel my old self coming back, but in a different way. Yeah. Because now I had experienced struggle and I just felt stronger afterwards. I love that. I think that was definitely for a lot of us, like a universal feeling. And I literally, you hit the nail on the head because I didn't know how to describe that, but you said exactly what I was thinking. Like, I didn't even realize that I was so low until maybe like six months after. Yeah. Like I remember it was like the day before everything shut down. I was in New York by my cousins. Wow. And I remember like hearing like 
every all the cuts were there everybody another cut to school was like closed it was everyone literally like falling every second and i remember like thinking like i'm not gonna make it out if my school closes i'm a very extrovert and I, was, I was in eighth grade and i was like i'm not gonna make it out i'm not gonna make it out alive i was like there's no way i'm gonna make it out and i was like there's no way it's closing of course the next day it closed and in the moment like i don't i honestly don't know how i got through it but like in the moment it wasn't as bad now looking back i see it was terrible yeah like right? it was horrible yeah which i guess is in a way kind it's of like good, a in the moment we didn't realize like yeah yeah of like forgetting what happened the minute before yeah. i think also there was something and like this is not about COVID, so we'll move on but um <laughs> There was something really uniting about the fact that everybody was going through this similar thing and like yeah. we were all in pain. Yeah. Alone, I, mean, I didn't have a phone the then, so like time. I don't know. It's because That's people like struggle with empathy. So I think yeah. finally we all got it universally. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly the- at the beginning I was like, this is actually yeah. like the coolest thing ever that the whole world, uh, God forbid, it's, it wasn't cool. COVID right. wasn't cool. But no. like the fact that everybody was having this universal experience Except for New York. <laughs> was like, right. But <laughs> even for a little bit that it was just, like so crazy um and then i guess afterwards we realized like that was not fun it's crazy how we yeah. live like that yeah it's yeah. crazy how we live it was like that. exactly yeah. three years ago yeah well this is a perfect yeah segue it was actually i forgot yeah. to say something because i said it earlier about the therapy i started doing therapy because my ex really wanted me to get into therapy and i thought it would fix our relationship me going to therapy it didn't <laughs> but I'm glad I did it because even though I didn't totally vibe with my therapist, I did seek out people that could help. Was that your first time going to therapy? No, I went to a psychiatrist growing up. Just I feel like psychiatrists are very different. It, is, it definitely is different. Mm-hmm. Um, in my adult life, it was my th- first therapist, yes. Um, but I remember she and she specialized in ADHD and like she didn't totally work for me and that's okay. But she told me there are certain things that you as an individual, especially with ADHD, can like you can't be doing. Like the quarantine is horrible for you. You only seeing... And being with your ex at that time was horrible. Like, I needed to get out. Do you think she even was, like, just going to, like, she just told me all these different coping mechanisms and ways to kind of alleviate certain ADHD, like, my anger issues were popping back up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's because I was literally in this well, yeah. horrible relationship, but felt trapped. And um, I didn't realize that that was really a thing in my adult life until she pointed it out, like, you need movement. Like, certain, you know, and I'm I'm glad she she kind of opened my eyes to kind of adult ADHD, you know? Because I think up until then, it had really been like, oh, trouble in school, um, extra time in school, the anger thing, focusing. Um, so, yeah, it definitely manifests differently in my adult life. But it's not it's not maybe like a problem like it was for me as a child, if that makes sense, yeah. which I'm now realizing. Yeah. I think it's also important. Um, you know, we had this like conversation a little bit before about medication and therapeutic intervention and things like that. Um, I just want to hit again that everybody can find what works for them. And just because you find something for a little bit doesn't mean it's always going to work for you or that's what you're always going to use. So I'm glad that like when you needed that support that you found it. Um, and again, uh, therapists, just like anybody, you know, it has to be a good fit. You know, I've gone to doctors right away, like before (laughs) and the rapport wasn't there. I didn't feel respected, whatever. Mm. Um, I know some people, maybe therapy is like a new experience for them and they might think this is just the way it's supposed to be. It's not. You're supposed to have a really good working relationship yeah, with your yeah. therapist. So I'm glad you pointed it out because that's how that I felt. And I was like, oh, it's just, maybe I'm doing something wrong. No, right. it's so true. And I still haven't found a therapist that I totally connect with yeah. other than my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get that on video? <laughs> but yeah, no, these are really 
thought-provoking questions. These are really, you guys are asking questions and making me think of things that I've never even contemplated before, so. <laughs> well, this is perfect, a perfect segue into yeah. our next like about therapists, actually just talking to my therapist about this. Like, I was saying how, I was like, therapy is so important for every single person. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I agree. And like, we were just talking about it. And just like, it was like making me so angry because there was just like someone I was thinking about who I could tell they're struggling and I want them to get help. But obviously it's not my control or anything. And like, it's also like sad because Therapy is so expensive. Yeah. Thank God I go to therapy for free with Upstreet. Shout out to Upstreet. Shout out to Upstreet. Which is amazing. Like, I like I probably don't know how I would have survived, like, without it. Like, I remember, like, talking to you, like, three years ago when I went to therapy, and it was, like, I don't know, 50 an hour. And I was like, that no, I, mean, I think it was more. I don't know how much I was. My parents right, didn't tell me. 50, believe it or not, is super cheap. I was about to it say, is actually after really I said cheap. it, I was like, like that's really cheap. Two hundred or two fifty. I actually don't know how much I was at. I told my parents not to tell me. I think but it was I like went and I was like, I literally just wasted like however much money. Like I just it went down the drain because nothing came of it. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was changing myself. I was becoming a whole new person because no- nothing came of it. And because he just wasn't right for me, which is fine. Yeah. And like, I'm just so thankful that it was free because now I don't know how long I've been there, like a year, two years. I don't know. But like looking back, I made so much progress. But like in the moment, I'm like every, like every day I go, I'm like like actually recently I come out and I'm like I feel like I just like I'm that was like a breakthrough, whatever. But like sometimes it takes time. To get yeah, it. and yeah. I think like if I wasn't if I was like paying for it, then like also I don't really have like proper insurance, so it also doesn't really cover it much. Right. And I just remember being like I don't want to go to therapy; it's going to be that much of a cost, right. mm-hmm. which is so horrible because. Like you want to take care of your mental yeah, health. Yeah, it's so important. But like I'd rather involved. be in debt and have and good mental right. health. It's unfortunate that like it is an investment, and it's unfortunate that it has to be that way. Yeah, yeah. and I know so many people who don't go to therapy mm-hmm. because of the m- money issues. Yeah, like I'll pay for your therapy. Like yeah. I'd rather be By in the way, debt. There are um, just for all of our listeners to know, there really are those resources. You just mm-hmm. have to do a little bit of a deep yeah. dive. Like yeah. yeah, there are places that will either help pay for your therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, discreetly, like it'll be totally anonymous, or there are organizations like Upstreet. I think there are options like that around. It's very hard to get. Sure. Like, you can even talk active. to a therapist. I'm saying there are other um, things like Upstreet. Yeah, figure yeah. out. Like, I know I've worked with somebody, for example, who actually had ADHD. So, what are some self help books that I can do on my own to supplement like therapy? Mm-hmm. So, maybe you can only afford to go once a month, but you yeah. know, the other days of the week, you can figure something out with the right support. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the cost is yeah. a huge issue for a lot of people. I mean, I do think yeah. therapy is good for everyone. Yeah. I, I personally, every single person, literally living in the world is traumatic. So you need, right. everyone needs therapy. <laughs> living in the world. Yeah. It, it, it really it is. is. It is. It's a good point. It Life really is. Scary. Yeah. Like, great. It's scary. Yeah. So I, I just personally think every single person needs therapy. I'm actually reading this book about, I'm going to butcher her name, Oprah Whitney. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey. Sorry. I no, you're good. She's from, from our parents' generation, so. Um, no, listen. No, <laughs> you no, no, wouldn't know her. No, it's a book I don't about even really Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> a photo of Oprah. It's, it's a book of her and this other guy. I don't remember his name. There, it's basically a whole book of them just speaking about trauma and, like, how they went through. And it is such a fascinating book. And I'm writing into novels, so, like, I'm still in the middle of it, and I can't just, like, read the whole thing like I could with other books because it's not, like, engaging really but like i it's something that fascinates me so much and i'm so excited to like go up to college so i can actually like learn about this which is something i don't know i already have my whole career thought out but um like it's just so fascinating and like it's like they explain how like i'm like i don't know like a chapter and two chapters like trauma in like in the womb even it could start like everything Mm -hmm. like it's just like 
fasting. And like everybody's therapy. I have the urge to do a whole thing about um, the body keeps the score. I was say that, yeah. Let's just That's save it for another episode. <laughs> Stay Goodbye. tuned for, we should have a whole episode on like trauma in the body. Okay, so we already covered a bunch of this, but like what helps you get through challenging times? And so like what kind of things bring you healing? And what's like a typical um, method that like doesn't work for you? Does like it a, work like for a suggested method that like that like everyone says just doesn't work for you. I know first thing that comes from breathing. Breathing. Really? Breathing. Never has worked work. for me. Interesting. Never. I've had therapists, I've had yoga instructors and friends and my parents and people throughout my life tell me to breathe and it just hasn't worked for me. Um piano would work way better for me, right? Um And then you regulate your breathing while you're playing. Yeah, probably subconsciously for yeah. sure. But yeah, the breathing never has worked but I'm also not that person that can like sit down and this probably comes back to the H in my ADHD but I can't really sit down and like meditate right I'm not that person um I can't really do the yoga thing I have a total appreciation for that and I respect it but it's never totally worked for me um for me it's like if I I don't play the drums but like if I I feel like if I were to sit down and play the drums that would be therapeutic yeah and a method for me or singing Right. Like for me, I've started going on a couple of longer car rides down south to just visit a friend. And for me, being in the car for like six hours, listening to music and giving myself a concert (laughs) is therapy for me Um, or therapeutic, I should say, maybe like, you know, um, but breathing (laughs) never worked for me. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Um, Yeah, those are good answers. Yeah, I hope that. Yeah. Came right to my mind immediately. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's right there with you. So, <laughs> yeah. They're good answers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, if we have like some listeners that can relate to you, what like suggestions do you have? Mm. Yeah. I hate to say this because I feel like it's kind of cliche, but honestly, like, love yourself. Um, for me, accepting that I had ADHD literally took me years. Mm-hmm. I used to lie to my friends about why I got extra time in school because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. I would always, even up until graduate school, I always got extra time. And it made, I'm gonna be honest, it made me feel really stupid. I was always the last one in class, doing a test, doing an essay, anything. Um, And you know, I had a lot of teachers that were great about it and very accommodating and wouldn't make me feel stupid um, or like point it out, right? Like I always really appreciated when the teacher was discreet about it and wouldn't be like, okay, the kids that need extra time, go to this room, you know, like just, you know, um, and this comes back to inclusion, which we love here at Friendship Circle, but um, I felt different, you know? No, I'm all about inclusion and I wish that I had teachers that made me feel a little bit more included growing up, you know? That's such a good point. Yeah, Yeah, because it was important. And I was a teacher. Yeah, and I was a teacher for a little bit and I had, Students that got extra time, and I always made sure they never felt less than. And I hope I did a good I hope I did a good job. I hope I did that justice. Students are listening. Actually, yeah, some of them are. Um, For sure, there are areas I could have worked on it when I was a teacher. I was a sub, but um, I hope that I always made our my students feel included and equal. Um, But acceptance, like again, I lied to my friends probably until college or even grad school. Like, oh, I have. I remember telling them I have dyslexia. I didn't, wow. I, yeah, like I literally lied about my mental illness. Yeah, I, I never once said I had ADHD until probably grad school to a friend. Um, even significant others, I wouldn't tell. Maybe until a couple years ago. Um, so I think acceptance and like loving yourself. And at this point, I absolutely love 
who I am. Like I, I wouldn't change having ADHD, you know, cause that's, that's who I've, that's who I am. That's always Maybe. who I have been. Right. Yeah. And you, you will learn throughout time. You gotta love your, you love, you gotta love yourself, you know? And that's something that I've struggled with. I think we all probably struggle with it. I still struggle with it. Um, like, but like, like working on the relationships in life, you need to like yeah. work on yours for sure. Like you're the most important person to you. Absolutely. So just acceptance. Um, I think it was really important and like that. I created my own stigma growing up. It was never my parents. It was never my friends, not my brother, not my relatives, not really my teachers in any way. It was just me. Um, and I wish that I had accepted my ADHD way earlier. Cause I would have been so much more comfortable in my skin. Just telling people like who you are is so important. People like the real you. For sure. Um, just acceptance and like loving yourself. I know it sounds cliche, but God, it's important. No, that's like such a problem. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really is. And it really changes you. You know, you hear stories about kids that honestly, for a lack of a better example, come out to their parents. Right. And you hear stories about how it has changed their life yeah. just because they are finally being who they are and they're being their like true huge side really. exact it is so like um, hi, it's so hard to just keep consistently be hiding yourself yeah it is and it's, it's exhausting and no one should ever do that yeah, right yeah we're all different and i i hate to be cliche cliche but i've always believed in our differences you know yeah. making us who we are and it's yeah. just a beautiful thing um so acceptance like you were born yourself. a different way yeah you're meant to be different good. I don't think we've actually ever heard that answer on our podcast, which is pretty well, Maybe crazy, it's not cliche. Self-love. <laughs> no, but it's yeah, like an so acceptance. Wonderful. True. It's so. I feel like saying cliche is stigmatizing it. Yeah. It is. You're right. Like, because that's important. That's right. you no, out, you're right. Like, no, I you're just... right. That's a great point. But I think what I'm saying is people right. say it and sometimes maybe it doesn't mean so much, but. It's like you're, you're, you're wanting to say it, but you're like, oh, it's cliche. But like, no, you should say it. Don't, yeah. don't feel like, don't feel well, like you're cliche doesn't have to be bad. No, I know, but I'm saying like... I hear what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I think even as I'm about to be 29 in a couple months, I'm still learning every day to love myself and accept myself for who I am. And that's not to go to say that I'm ever have been fake or not my authentic self. I don't think I've struggled with that. But parts of myself, I've definitely hidden. I think it's always a journey. Definitely a journey. And once you do start to say out loud or accept, like self-acceptance is key. Yeah. Yeah, And once I accepted it, mm -hmm, I was able to tell other people... You know, and God, I wish I did that years earlier, Yeah. you know, but I've also realized that I'm fortunate. Not everyone might have such an easy journey. Like yeah. I'm fortunate. I know the community I come from, this one right here. I know the parents I have, my brother, all of my extended family, my friends, the people that I surround myself with aren't ever people to that would ever put me down for, you know, mm-hmm. in any way. But again, that was my answer. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, Becca. Along with that, so you already said that you love playing piano and you love your dog, <laughs> but can you share a favorite song or album, book, hobby, artwork, quote, mm-hmm. anything that also helps you heal specifically? Well, I think everyone in this room can probably guess what I'm going to say and who I'm going to say. I know. Isla definitely knows. She's smiling. <laughs> yeah, you guys all know. Like, you can, yes. Yeah, go for it. Harry Styles, anything. I was going to say that. Yeah, of course. Look, I love my man, Harry. Um, he's listening. Good. Oh, my Oh my God. Don't even get me started. Actually, he's not listening because he's probably asleep right now because he's in the Philippines. She knows. Of course I know. Well, we're not live. But either way. Of course I know. Oh, that's true. Um, What's your favorite song by him? Oh, God. I, so it changes based on how I'm feeling. Okay. Right now. So What's if your you, favorite? Right now, I would oh, probably sorry. listen to... God, I mean... 
I prefer his older albums, like Fine Line and HS1, but um, there are a couple of bangers from this album, too. I mean, as it was, it's phenomenal. Right now, I'd probably put on maybe, like, Carolina. Right. It's from, I think, his first album. But and it's just more about... It's a fun song. But it changes based on my mood and what I need. Um, if I'm needing, like, reassurance from him... Right? Maybe I was going to treat people with kindness, right? He talks in the song about how he feels good in his skin and he does a little move when he performs it, you know. But um, for me, music is really important and a a huge outlet for me. You'd be one of the bands that they could call up and then you could dance. I could do it. I would do it right here too. First time at the end of this podcast, I'll give you all a performance. Wait, can you actually? Yeah, I literally live stream his performances. Have you ever been to any of his concerts? I don't want to talk about it. No, the answer is no, Bracha. Okay, so for your She's birthday, we'll bring you up. Actually, wait, has she? Online. Okay, so. <laughs> no, I, biggest regret in my life. Have you been to any in person? No. Okay, so for your birthday, we can take you to one. I'm literally going to spend like $2,000 on floor seats next time he's in Pittsburgh. Wow. But wow. Yeah, I'm going to go by myself worth it. too. It's worth it. it. Yeah. But to answer your question, music's big for me. And I think the music that I listen to base, it changes based on my mood and what I need. Like if I just need to like. Do you listen to any other, anyone else? Yeah, if I need to like really just kind of. If I'm in a bad spot, I might honestly listen to like older music and like Guns N' Roses, right? I was or like, say, I, was ask about I mean, you know, I love my ner- like I Nirvana, Led Zeppelin. I think Kyle hears everything. No, she also plays some of it. I did. Um, something that I can really just lose myself in. Yeah. We also did karaoke, and she's fabulous. Becca can karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> it, <was a> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of skills. I hope that answered. It your definitely did. Okay. For me, music is a huge outlet. Is that why it's called that? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we've kind of talked about that before, like, (laughs) which is not, I mean, it's becoming more of a, like, known therapeutic (laughs) outlet, but in general, like, 10 years ago, I don't know if people would have said, oh, yeah, music is my therapy, and I could be totally wrong about that, but in traditional sense, I don't, you know, people might talk about breathing or, like, literally going to therapy. For me, it's literally music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, listening, playing, getting Song lost in it. listeners, you need more than just music. Let's all speed round this because we have, like, three minutes, and I want Woo! to get to the next question. So let's all answer this quickly. What would your, like, go-to thing be for healing or just, like, joy? Um. So my mom told me this. Whenever I'm struggling emotionally, the first thing that I need to do is to get myself into a better feeling place, and then I can answer the questions that mm-hmm. – I can't answer at the time. So that would be anything comforting to me. So like you said, like a comforting song, but specifically it would probably be like a movie that I really love. I love Devil Wears Prada. I love (laughs) Burlesque. I love The Women. I love Rocky. That used to be one of my favorites. Mm. I remember one time like something really bad happened and the next morning I woke up early just so I could watch the Rocky movie to get motivated (laughs) to do the next day. So and it's because I know every it's every comforting. single thing of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel like I'm back on track. I totally get that. Good answers. What about you? Yeah. Um probably go to spend some time in nature, go to Frick Park, probably go steal her dog. Right. Um she meant to do that the other day. Um I really I recently I like hurt my foot a month ago, so 
I've kind of excusing myself to not go. I used to go in these like hourly long. I would get home from school, drop my bag off, go straight on like an hour walk or something. And it was so healing for me. And I would like go and I like, I ride a lot. And I would just go and I was like in the middle of the forest. And if there were people there, I was like, get out. This is my forest. But I was like, 17, don't worry. <laughs> and like, I would just like write and like listen to music while I walk and journal. And like, I probably wrote the best things like while I'm in nature. Um, also, I'm in like a bit of crying, but whatever. Um, and like, I just like, I just love nature. Also, music is really helpful to me. And I really recently have not been journaling, but I really am trying to. And just like writing, like I write a lot on my phone and in a notebook and whatever. Like I really just love nature. It's just like something I really love about the world. I don't know what I yeah. said there. Um, and yeah, I like really need to get back into journaling. Yeah, those are all really good. I think a lot of that resonates with me as well. Um, I think mine, and I get to say this every, I get to answer this every month. So every month I get to come up with something different. Um, actually, like, I wouldn't say it brings me joy, but I do think that it brings me to a better place. Um, cleaning my room. Yeah. Because I can tell so easily when, like, my mind is in a lower place. I all I have to do is look around, <laughs> and I have stuff on the floor. I have, but uh, it brings you joy afterwards. Basket. I know. I know. So I'm saying it's like, probably, it takes you like less than fifteen minutes or twenty right. or whatever. Takes, and also, I do it with like blasting music. Yeah, on and turn it into an activity. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I can step back into that room, I'm like automatically in a better place. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's as fun as my past answers, but um recently that's been something that I've like really been trying to like keep a hold of nice um mine's not necessarily something like tangible but it's been something that I normally struggle with a lot so um I have been getting more comfortable accepting help from people Mm. and it's actually like it is a challenge um you know for example like my my sister-in-law came over and normally I'll have like fruits and cheeses and drinks and everything ready for her. She like helped me put dishes in my dishwasher, like cut up some berries and like fruit for me for a snack. And I just like sat on the couch and I was like, thanks. Like, <laughs> it's just like, unco- it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. I think sometimes doing the things that are uncomfortable, yeah. it's really yeah. important. Yeah. 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 Can I add one thing that I thought actually might be helpful to relate this back to ADHD that you guys that like reminded me of it? In my adult life with ADHD, I've just also realized, and this is also a part of why I'm not medicated right now is because I feel like I can handle it. Certain things when I was growing up were really hard, keeping my room clean. Oh, so you better control yourself because you're older. It's like, so true. And I've yeah. learned what I need, right? Yeah, you I've know yourself. diagnosed like, so yeah. early. I've been struggling with this my whole entire life. I know that, like, I actually go home. I never actually have a dirty apartment or messy apartment. I should say it's never dirty, but, like, you know, clothes were big. Like, clothes growing up were just everywhere. And I um, make sure that I literally will clean almost every day. My clothes are always hung up. Even, even <laughs> I just, their clothes are always hung up. I what were you about to say? I was going to say sometimes even when I'm coming home from dinner late at night, like tw- midnight or something, I will hang my clothes up mm-hmm. um, because I know it's what I need to stay sane up here and healthy up here. And it's really important for my ADHD too as well. And also another thing that's huge with impulsivity that I really struggled with as a, as a kid and even my, into my adult life is just being impulsive with my words. I would never say anything that I would really re- regret, but it's really important for me as an individual to take time to reflect. Um, 
10 years ago, if I was dating someone and we got in an argument, I might say something impulsive, just along the lines of like, oh, let's break up, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Now I know that I need to take time to reflect and I come back to the situation maybe the next day. And you reminded me of that when you said, I need to remove myself from the situation. Because that's not something I learned until like how to do maybe until like the last couple of years. This is like work related and personal life. Um, but with ADHD, it's really hard because I'm super impulsive and that's a big part of ADHD, impulsivity. And I think for people who don't necessarily have ADHD, it's really important to hear that because if you're surrounded by someone who does have that diagnosis and maybe you're, and they say something impulsive to you to like have that perspective of like, okay, wait, they haven't thought this through yet. Like let's not come back to this conversation tomorrow. Yeah. But it's, I also wanted to point that out because if I was a teen still, I think if I was going through what maybe I'm trying to describe as what I went through as a teen, maybe that might be a little reassuring to, yeah. to hear that you do come up with mechanisms and way, ways to cope. And um, it, I really, yeah, I, I really have actually now that I'm reflecting on it. These are things that I've never even thought about. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to kind of see that I've, I've actually grown in those ways, just yeah. helping my own self. Awesome. So that being said, how have friendships impacted your mental health journey? Um, for me, friends and family and like interaction is everything. I mean, there's a reason why I work in engagement. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and at friendship circle. And at literally. friendship circle, really, literally. Um, yeah, I need my friends and my family. And honestly, I, I need the people that I work with and like work for to be awesome. And luckily we do work in that environment. And I've created friendships here at friendship circle, which are like, it's really nice, but um, I need my friends. I need my people. Like I said earlier, COVID was not it for me personally. I really struggled. I became depressed for the first time in my life as well. I didn't even realize it until much later, yeah. until after I was out of it. Yeah. Um, friends are everything. The people in your life are everything. For me personally, you know, there's that like token question, like love or money. I choose the love, you know, like from friends and family. I've never heard that question. Oh, because you're <laughs> born after 2000, that's why. <laughs> the third time you made that over in an hour. <laughs> Um, I hear this like multiple Thank times. Thank you, Allie. So. <laughs> no, but I'm friendship set up to me for me, not to me. No, but yeah. friendship really is so important. Um, I'm still lucky. To, I'm so lucky to have had friendships that have spanned it over 20 years. My best friends, I've known them for like 20, mm-hmm. 25 years. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. They are the people that I went to preschool with and folk school was K to eight with, yeah. and some of my high school friends I'm still in touch with, but um. Friendship is everything. Yeah. Um, we're really lucky to be in this environment here that provides that yeah. and encourages that. So, Awesome. Thank you, Becca, for being willing to contribute and share your experience. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Today we talked about ADHD. We talked about coping mechanisms. We talked about COVID experience. We talked about lots of very, Therapy. very important things. Therapy. Therapy medication. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. <laughs> Very important. We got it should be in every conversation we, all, like, um, <laughs> we hope that you will continue to grow with us as we share inspirational friendships and mental health stories and resources in our future episodes. If you'd like to hear more stories and episodes like this, subscribe to our podcast. Woo! Woo! Wishing you well and thanks for being a part of our Friendship Circle family. Signing, Signing off from Friends on Air! Woo!